Welcome to Savage and Average. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. That is my co-host, Travis Jones, and the uh, man behind the microphone, the producer of this wild and crazy experiment we call Savage and Average. We are rolling here. Today's episode is kick-ass. We've got Broomfield quarterback Cola Crew, who's now got three, uh, four, five uh, major Division I offers from Tulane, Central Michigan, the University of Colorado, and Wisconsin. Uh, The All-American Center for the All-American team at the Adidas All-American Games. I just said All-American four times in five seconds. Um, Down in San Antonio this year, the Oklahoma commit Durango Center Josh Bates joins us as well. And the left tackle for the Grandview Wolves 5A uh, powerhouse out here in Denver. Uh, The Washington commit Zach Henning also joins us at the end of today's show. Uh, and it is pretty special. I'll let Travis elaborate on it when we get there. Uh, but it's a pretty special interview uh, and definitely don't go anywhere for that. But we're going to jump straight into college football and the NFL. And we're not going to take a ton of time uh, talking about every game. But we are going to touch on everything uh, as much as we can. And right off the bat, uh, we're going to start off the show the way you should start off every morning. And that's with Rico's Burritos. Uh, Rico's burritos, are, they fuel the dungeon family down at six zero. That refrigerator gets filled up quick and it empties just as fast. Uh, my sons absolutely love these things. Pop them in the microwave and bam, you're eating some authentic Mexican food. Uh, Rick Garcia's son is in the program, uh, doing a great job. And, and he's the proud owner of Rico's burritos. And I'm telling you, it kicks ass. So big thanks to Rico's burritos for all that they do. All right. So moving forward here. Uh, college football. I only want to talk about a couple of games. Okay. I'm not going to get into all the Michigan's playing Rutgers. They're going to mop them. Ohio state's playing Northwestern. They're going to mop them. Oregon's playing CU. It's plus 31 and a half. I'm not talking about the game. They're going to get mopped. CSU's playing San San Jose state. Who's really good. They're going to get mopped on the road. Air force and army play. That's a cool game. Cool game, but I'm not going to watch it. I hope air force wins. I'm going straight to the top. Tennessee goes between the hedges at UGA uh, and the college football playoff came out with their rankings and it's laugh. It's fucking laughable. Like I, I personally think Travis, they are setting up Tennessee for such a beatdown. Like I, I really hope these boys are fucking pumped up to go to Georgia because Georgia is going to be so mad. Like you're disrespecting the undefeated returning national champion with a returning quarterback and a better team than they were last year. And they're third in Tennessee. Tennessee is first. I mean, dog, look, the AP has them one, two, which is the way it should be. Georgia should be first. Ohio State should be second or Michigan. Tennessee should be third. And I, I personally would put TCU at four. They're undefeated in the Big 12 or Ohio State at four or Michigan. So the fact that they have Tennessee first, <laughs> oh, man, Hypel, I hope you get them boys right because those dogs are barking this weekend in Athens. So, hey, hey, the, the one of two things are going to – two narratives are going to come out. The I told you so narrative, and, you know, Georgia goes and just, just lays a mopping on them. Fucking Molly uh, which is expected, which is expected, or, or what happened when Tennessee hit Alabama is true, and they they ink out a close one, and it really puts the whole thing in the conundrum because now you've got you know one loss Georgia, one loss 
Alabama and undefeated Tennessee at the top of the SEC, the coveted program of college football playoff. And so it puts them in a bad place because you can't have those three teams represented in the top four. I don't think, I don't see how all four of them can, I don't see how all three of them can make it. But what happens if this happens? What happens if Georgia beats Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia playing the SEC title game, Alabama beats Georgia? They're all three of them have one loss and they all beat each other in an order that is crazy. Ohio State or Michigan is undefeated, hopefully, Michigan. Ohio State has one loss. Clemson's undefeated. Or one loss, North Carolina beats Clemson. I guess that takes care of that. But then that's one loss, North Carolina, and it's at a conference. They're undefeated in the ACC. TCU goes undefeated, and Oregon wins the wins the Pac-12 with one loss to Georgia at the beginning of the year, which I think people will look at differently. Mm-hmm. Or SC or UCLA, they all have one loss. And they're the Pac-12 champion. You're telling me all those teams, they're going to take Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee, and then one other one? I'm so, I'm not watching. So remember, remember last year, right? We had the 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 meeting, right, to to see if we're going to expand to the 12 team or expand the college football done playoff it this year. I think, and and uh, this is just me, right? Just thinking, who am I? But I think if we have that scenario in the SEC. I think they have to do an emergency meeting and open it up and just make it to where it's at least the top six. I mean, you got to do something. You know, you the, the like, two can out. You, can you imagine what's going to happen in Fort Worth or at Death Valley? Or if Clemson and TCU go undefeated, both of them, and Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama all have one loss, the SEC champion is getting in. So that would be Alabama beating Georgia, right? Yeah. So that would be Alabama being Georgia or Alabama being Tennessee. Okay? And then Tennessee and Georgia are both in the top five with one loss. And that's – they all. and then say Tennessee beats Georgia this weekend and then they lose to Alabama in the SEC title game, they already beat them too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, personally, if they go SEC bias and then whoever wins the Big Ten – <laughs> like uh, Clemson and TCU could be undefeated playing in the Sugar Bowl against each other, and they can't play. You can't an undefeated Sugar Bowl champion from a major conference didn't get a chance to play for the national title. I mean, when I was a senior, the top four teams in the country were undefeated. That was Oklahoma, USC, Auburn, and Utah. And the BCS took Oklahoma and USC and undefeated Auburn had a 13 and 0 season and didn't play for the national title. That's that's all that's more ridiculous than in 01 when the team I played on at CU got overlooked for Nebraska, a team we beat by 30 that didn't even win their division to go to the national title game. I don't know which one's worse. I don't know if the BCS is worse or this fucked up playoff. The pl- this playoff shit is a joke. Both of them are. When, whenever you're bringing subjectivity into the game and not leaving it on the field to battle it out, then I, I think that's where the problem lies. And so we've got to get it to where, I mean, if we've got five conferences and whether that ends up being four conferences or what that may be in a couple of years, 
like in two years or whatnot, like we've got to get it to where your conference championship teams are in the playoff, no matter what is going no on. No matter what. And then, and then you've got some buy-ins that are based off of uh, some type of, you know, some type of structure, uh, strength of schedule, record, you know, all of those kind of things that go into it of your, you know, your your non-conference winners coming in to fill out a top eight or top 12, whatever. You know, be. I got a question. How did they fuck this up so royally back in the day? Whenever... Whenever all the athletic directors got together in the, I think it was in the forties when they started the NCAA basketball tournament or something, but when it got like really good, when they went to 64 in the seventies, I think why the same athletic directors thought it'd be a good idea to do a 64 game March madness tournament that has turned into the fucking most fun in the goddamn world for three weeks of the year. And super competitive and tons of fucking upsets and betting your ass off and it's dope. And then those same athletic directors thought it'd be a good idea to play the Blue Bonnet Bowl and the Houston Bowl and the fucking Sugar Bowl and the Cotton Bowl and not work it out on the field for football. I don't fucking get it at all. Like, I don't understand how they went the bowl game route instead of the fucking playoff route, but they let the one double A's and the D2s go playoffs, but the ones can't do it. It's, it's, I wonder who the real national champions would be if they actually played 12 team playoffs every year. And you, you could still you get me? The, you could still get the bowl game uh piece of it. Each, oh yeah, each everybody game that doesn't make the in the tournament bowl games. E- well, in well, but each each game in the tournament is a bowl game. It's, well, it's I, you know I, what I'm saying? I think you should play the first round at home. So let's say, let's say you did this. You did you did 12 teams and the first four get a bye. All right, and the first four don't play a game, although that that would almost like they don't get home field advantage, but five through twelve does. No, so you that, do it. You, you you do it like they're doing it with the four, right? You the, the first the you know the first game of the four is a bowl game, and then you get the championship, and that's a, a still a bowl game. There's so, still so money. Five through twelve would just play at your home stadium. So like they play, say. They, they could play at a home stadium or, or they can, you know, they could they travel. Could I mean, these, these, these college teams, man, they've got the money to travel and, and do it and make it happen. And you still just, have the revenue playoff game. Can you imagine how hyped like, uh, let's say that the top four this year, we'll just take the top four. They just gave us Tennessee, Ohio state, Georgia, who's four Clemson uh, and Clemson, right? Yeah. Clemson's yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so those four get a buy. And then the fifth team is Ohio state. So Ohio State hosts. No, fifteen is fifteen is Michigan. Sixteen okay, is Alabama. So, so fifteen, yeah, Ohio State's second. So Michigan hosts the AAC champion, and then in a playoff game, which would be fucking awesome. And then the sixth seed is who? Bama. Bama. So who's eleven? I'm looking it up right now because I know LSU is ten. So then Alabama gets eleven, and at a home playoff game. TCU at the seven gets LSU at home in a playoff game. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> awesome. LSU at TCU in a home playoff game. Fucking Fort Worth would burn down. The eight seed is the, is Oregon. So Oregon gets SC at home in a playoff game. I mean, fuck dog. So you've got, you've got Who's 11? Uh, 11 is Ole Miss. So Ole Miss at Alabama in a playoff game. Who's 12? UCLA. So that and then UCLA at Ohio State in a playoff game. 
yeah, that doesn't sound fucking awesome at all. And that's not <laughs> even how it's going to work work out because USC and UCLA are going to play and Alabama and LSU play this weekend. It's going to be totally different when we get to the end of the year. But just, just thinking about those games and then the winners get to go to to go play in bowl game sites against Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, and fucking Clemson. Yeah, I'm in. How do I bet on that shit? Let's go. <laughs> and then it opens it opens it up for everybody to have a seat at the table too, which is the beauty of all the other playoff structures. It's if you get into the fucking dance, you have a chance to go win. And I hate the pundits that say, oh, well, there'll never be any monumental upsets that would have happened. Fuck all that. I watched Boise beat Oklahoma in the fucking Fiesta Bowl. I watched Utah beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Like, there's fucking upsets constantly every year. I watched UCF go unfucking defeated and beat UCF or LSU and Joe Burrow down like fucking, like they were dead in the goddamn Sugar Bowl one year before they won the national title. UCF was the last team to beat Joe Burrow's LSU team. And they were unfucking defeated and didn't get a chance to play. That sucks. Yeah, it's it sucks. Sucks. All <laughs> right. So my bets this weekend. Minnesota at Nebraska. Mickey Joseph. Congratulations to you, brother. Uh brother of Vance Joseph. I wonder how that fucking Thanksgiving was for years. A Nebraska brother and a Colorado brother just sitting there looking at each other across the table like, I love you and I fucking hate you at the same time, you son of a bitch, motherfucker. Come give me a hug. <laughs> Minnesota at Nebraska. Nebraska's plus 500 at home against Minnesota. I'm taking them straight money line, bro. That's a huge number. That place is going to be rocking. They're going to be up to go play for Coach Joseph. And Minnesota is not like a fucking world beater. I have no idea how they got that number, but I'm taking it. Second one, number 23, Liberty, is getting plus 14 and a half at Arkansas. Arkansas is not ranked. Arkansas is good. I like their quarterback, Jefferson, but I'm taking Liberty and the points there, plus 14 and a half on the road in uh, Fayetteville. And then lastly, Kansas State at home hosting Texas, and Kansas State's a two-and-a-half-point underdog, and they're plus 120 money line, and they're ranked 13th in the country, and they're home underdogs to Texas. I'm taking Kansas State. That That's all the motivation Coach Klein needs. They just beat Oklahoma State last week. Listen to this. 40 fucking eight to zero. The 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 backup quarterback for Oklahoma State was on the field in the fourth quarter, getting the ball on the shotgun, and his hands were literally shaking. So he's either a heroin addict, which I don't think that's what he is, or he is scared fucking shitless of the purple doom at fucking Manhattan in Manhattan, Kansas. And look. I played in Manhattan twice in my college career. They were in our division. Kansas State is a better rival, but I have so much respect for them. I fucking hate them. I hate them, but I I love them at the same time. I wish we still played them. We won there when I was a sophomore, when they were ranked and we weren't, and it was sold out to the brim, and it was nasty. Two years later, we went there when they had Darren Sproles. They were ranked. We weren't, and they beat us 49-20, to and they were in the (laughs) – This is a knock on myself, but they were in the crowd chanting, Internet Pirate! (laughs) Internet Pirate! And I'm sitting on the bench like, all my boys are looking at me, and I'm like, man, fuck y'all, you're the ones that downloaded the songs. It's just my computer! (laughs) Shout out Napster. 
I, yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch, man. That's the reverse lotto. That's when they come and take your shit. Um, <laughs> so Kansas, Kansas State's at plus 120. I probably this together and threw 100 bucks on it, so hopefully it makes me some money. Um, a couple other great games this weekend. LSU's at Alabama. That's a massive rivalry down south. That's going to be a good one. Clemson's at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's coming off a huge win at Syracuse. That could be a trap game for Clemson, but I think they'll win. And then one of the one of the rivalries I grew up watching that I used to love uh, to watch is uh, Florida State goes to the U. And mm. I, I'm telling you, the biggest mistake that the University of Miami has ever made in their football program's history is to destroy the Orange Bowl and go play at that fucking piece of shit that the, the Miami Dolphins play at, which is 45 minutes away from campus, and none of the students go and give a shit. The Orange Bowl was an iconic piece of Miami history that you fucked up and tore down. And if I'm Mario Cristobal, I am begging them to build me a new Orange Bowl on campus, and that motherfucker will fill up so fast you won't be able to sell a ticket. I mean, it, it'll, it'll be sold out before you can say sold out. So Florida State at the U, I don't know who wins the game. I can really give a shit. Florida State's probably better. But just the, the two helmets next to each other are about to square off. It reminds me of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Ohio State, Colorado, Nebraska, Nebraska, Oklahoma. That's the USC, UCLA. That's what the fuck it's supposed to be. Uh, and I, I love to see natural and uh, and old school rivalries kicking off. What do you think? I, you, you know, I, you made the the good point there. I mean, it's not it's not uh, it's not the same playing in a new place. That's for sure. Um, I, they I like your pick. Sell tickets to that place, bro. Yeah. I don't understand why they did that. Well, who, you know, hopefully with, that was a good idea. Hopefully with Mario going down there and he's alum of the U and everything, he brings that, that, that back to that's, that's the biggest thing about the U is, is, you know, the, the tradition and, you know, and, and, and the pride that goes into the program and everything. And I, I thought that was a smart move bringing him down there. And I think he's going to bring some of that tradition back. And I think you know, who knows, they've got a huge alumni base that wants to dump money into the program and support including, the program. Including like, let's be real. Some of the best football players that have ever walked the fucking earth have gone through that building. Yeah. Like, if you're going to put together an all-time team, I, I'd say on my all-time team alone, off the top of my head, there's at least three Hurricanes. And that's just, like, off the top of my fucking head. Yeah. And I mean, Sean Taylor, Re Eric Reed. Freaking uh, Ray Lewis. I mean, I you're mean, talking the, about Ed, – Ed Reed and Ray Lewis are two of the three. And then of my, I'd have 11 personnel is how I'd run it because I'm a nerd. But uh, Irvin would be one of my receivers, so there's three. And then just think, like thinking about it, you could literally go every position and have an argument that somebody from the University of Miami, other than maybe quarterback, could play that position. Yeah. You don't think Kozar? Okay. No, Bernie's cool. Old, the old hefty <laughs> lefty. He's awesome. I'm not saying I don't dislike him. I'm just – He's not on my all-time team. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Or, or hey, Kid, but Kid hey, George listen, was a good good player, but he ain't on my all-time team. He's on the all-time freakout team, dude. But <laughs> hey, just listen to this. Like, uh, if you're talking all-time all-time teams, think about like how the offense would look. I don't care what quarterback you put in, and you look and you've got Ray Lewis at your at your middle linebacker, and you've got Sean yeah. Taylor and Ed Reed John, in the secondary. Oh, and there's the Sean Taylor. I forgot about him. Bro, bro, Sean Taylor was probably the most physically gifted football player at that position I've ever seen in my life. He, you know who he's a combination of? Steve Atwater and Ed Reed. 
If you took Steve Atwater and Ed Reed and put them together, you get Sean Taylor. Yeah. Because he ran just like Ed and he made plays like that, but he used to hit people and that their soul would go over there and their body would so, be over here. So you got to sprinkle a little bit of Ronnie Lott in there too. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> Cut this finger off. I got to go back in real quick. Okay, Ronnie. Wow. Thank you. I'm going to go fucking make some tackle. <laughs> <laughs> but my, hey, so we're talking about games this week and everything. I, I want to know, I want to know who, what are you going to take the over or the under in the Tennessee Georgia game? The over what, under what is at 67. 67. Um, look, I understand Tennessee has been on a run. And if you like, if you read off their point totals all year, I don't think they've scored under 30 in a game yet. So, and they put 40 something on Alabama. At home. Kentucky's at home. I, I'm taking the underdog. I, I'm taking I the under. look. I think I think Tennessee is a look. I have no doubt they're going to have a great year. I don't think they're going to make the playoff, and I think this game is I, this game is going to beat them twice. Is my opinion because I don't think they're as mature as people think they are. I think that they haven't hit a really good team that knows that they're better than them. I think Alabama. They caught Alabama at home. I think if they play Alabama in Tuscaloosa, the game is totally different. Um, I know Tennessee fans don't want to hear that. I'm not hating. I, Bro, th this is awesome. I love the fact that you guys are making a fucking run. That's kick-ass. I love it. You're a traditional power. I grew up watching Tennessee when they had Philip Fulmer and Manning and you know, Peerless Price and fucking, you know, like uh, all, all just dudes fucking everywhere. So... I, I dig the fact that Tennessee is good. I dig it. But I'm telling you, man, Georgia's fucking different. They are, their team is just so loaded. And they sucked last week and still beat Florida 42 to 20. And Kirby Smart's going to literally walk in and go, you played like shit against Florida. You gave up 20 points to a guy who can't throw the ball five fucking yards. You let him run the ball over you. You were lazy and complacent. And you played like the number one team in the country. Well, guess what, guys? Now you're not the number one team in the country anymore. You're third. And they said Tennessee's better than you, and they're coming to our house. Tennessee hasn't been us in five fucking years. We're Georgia. They're some glassy dog fucking Rocky Top. <laughs> this is in between the hedges. We're Bulldogs. Rah, 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 rah. And he's going to get them fucking hyped, and they're going to beat the shit out of these people. I think. I, look, if I had to predict it, I'd say it's after talking to Uzo, Uzo Deribe is the defensive coordinator outside linebacker or defensive line coach and outside linebacker coach at, at Georgia. And he played at CU. He's a great friend of mine. I, I personally, <laughs> personally think that Georgia is going to beat Tennessee like 45 to 10. I think Malik Hooker is going to get fucking rocked, bro. And he, the offensive line is going to get exposed. And look, the two tight ends for Georgia – if you could take touchdown scores in high, in college, I don't know if you can find who find out if you can and pick them, because Tennessee is like in the last ten spots for passing defense in the country. They are god awful. They are not good on defense at all. And where Alabama has struggled on defense to replace a bunch of guys, and Anderson is being 
like targeted and blocked and max protected constantly because the other three guys can't play. They all went to the league and 15 got hurt. Georgia's got dudes everywhere and they're more loaded than they were last year. They reloaded. They didn't lose a bunch of people. The only guy they really lost last year was Pickens. So, and, and long and the, the outstanding linebacker long. So I, I look at it like Davis too. They lost the nose tackle. So I guess they lost good players, but it seems like they got better to me. I watch them play now and I'm like, fuck, they almost look bored. Yeah. And I just, I just think like, if you wake them up with this kind of disrespect, dog, put yourself in their shoes. You just went undefeated. You won the national title. You, you, or not undefeated. They lost Alabama in the SEC title game, won the national title game against Alabama. Revenge are only lost. They do it with Stetson Bennett, who's a, Walk on, fucking transfer. No, he can't play. Kept his nose to the grindstone. Bam, national champion. Build him a fucking statue. Blow jobs forever in Athens. Stetson Bennett, right here. Thank you. Fucking <laughs> all that happens. Adult show. If you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> all that happens, and then they the first college football rankings. They rank these guys first. What? Fuck you. It is on. It is on. I feel like they did this shit on purpose. I feel like the selection committee sat there and said, you know what? I want to see how good Georgia is. Don't put them at two. Disrespect them even more. Put them at three. <laughs> like, not, not even put them at two. Fuck two. Put them at three behind Ohio State as well. So, after they beat Tennessee, Ohio State goes to one. <laughs> uh, they just, what are they trying to do here? You, uh, I mean, look, man, if you let a dog with rabies off a leash, she's going to eat you. Yeah. I think I think after this week, it's going to be Georgia back at one. Ohio State will be at two. You'll have you'll either have you'll either they'll either move Alabama and, and jump um, and and go into four. And you've got Michigan at three. So I think it's going to be it'll be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and then you've got Bama back in there. They may give a bone to Tennessee by if it's a close game at, in Athens, um, but I think that if that game is forty-five to ten, I think they drop them into five or six spot with one. And loss. I could be wrong. I mean, if Hooker wants to have a Heisman moment, this is it, homie. You just oh, beat I, Alabama. If, if he if he beats Georgia, uh, I mean, I think Heisman. I think. I think the only cont contest, contest, the guy that's going to contest him is Corum. I mean, that kid's on, Look, can on you, a run. You but, your computer? Look up yeah. their schedule real quick if you can. Yeah. I want to see who else they have on their board. Tennessee? Because, yeah, I know they end the year with Vanderbilt because that's their, their rivalry game. But other than that, I w I'd like to know who else they play. So they have got mm. – so obviously Georgia, then they're at home versus Missouri. Then they go to South Carolina and then go to Vanderbilt. So if they win this game, you would have to think they finish undefeated. Although South Carolina is not bad. And Missouri, Missouri plays Kentucky this week and they've been winning. So, but I mean, they're going to have to show up and play, but you would think that they'd be favored to win all those games. Oh yeah. They'll run, they'll kill Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, bro. I just, I feel like if they lose this game, they'll lose one of those next three as well. Just because of the emotional letdown. There's a difference between Georgia and the success they've had over the last five years with Kirby Smart or however long it's been. 
and the disappointing losses they had and being able to rebound from them and Tennessee being in a position they've been in for the first time in 20 years or longer. And now you're on this streak. And if you do take an L, how are you going to like, I feel like they they could be like streaky in both regards. They could start eight, no, and finish eight, and three, you know what I'm right. saying? Like they, they have, there's certain things from a tendency standpoint that they do on film that just does not correlate to being successful. So, so look, you, man, look at this, the, look at this real quick. So let's say they do, they lose to Georgia and then they lose one of those because of a letdown. We've yeah. also got Alabama. They're, they're at LSU number 10. They're at number 11 o, o, Ole Miss the next week after that. Then they've got Austin P and then they've got uh, uh, Auburn, which is no, I don't care if Auburn's ranked or not. That's always going to be a game. So you've got potentially, you potentially could have just Georgia in the in one of those top four, and then you've got potentially two teams from from Big Ten and a Big Twelve, or one team from the SEC, one team from the Big Ten, one team from the Big Twelve, and Oregon squeaks in there. That that's what I would prefer. I if I could have it any way, I would take four conference champions. Period. If you want to get into the playoff, I would make it a requirement. You have to win your conference. I'm not taking a one loss team that didn't win their division. Fuck that. So, because they didn't so, what they didn't, but they didn't win their biggest game. And that shit pisses me the fuck off. So what if it ends up being, I don't, you know, obviously I, I got a little bit of a bias, but let's say it's a one point victory in Columbus. Michigan beats Ohio State. I'm, I'm not going to put my bias on there. I'm just going to say, no matter what, it's a one-point victory. A, a on, field goal or less for, 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 which, for either for one of them. Team? I don't think it matters. I think at no, that whoever, point, you've whoever gotta, loses is out. I, but I think, I think they've got to put whoever loses. If it's a field goal or less, and, and, and Alabama drops one more game, and Tennessee loses by more than two touchdowns this weekend, I think it ends up being – Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan, no matter what. And then whoever's going to have the so better. Michigan and Ohio chance. State are two and three and play each other again? Possibly. Uh, look, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't want to see it. If that's what happens, I guess I'll accept it. But these game, these rivalry games specifically, they're supposed to fucking mean something. Yeah. And if you go there and lose by a point and you still achieve your goal, what does it really mean? Like in 01, when we beat Nebraska by 30 and then beat Texas, the only team in the Big 12 to beat us to win the Big 12, and then we sat there and watched Nebraska go to the national championship game, I literally looked at the fucking people I was sitting with and said, well, what was the fucking point of us beating all these people? What, what the fuck? This is bullshit. And that's my thing. Like, Ohio State, Michigan at the end of the season is a playoff game. Win the fucking game and go achieve your goals, period. And, you know, Auburn, Alabama used to be a playoff game when Auburn had their shit together. You know, Brian Hartson is actually a name that's been thrown around for Colorado a couple of times, too. I keep hearing that. Um, but with the same argument, you think about that. Oregon goes undefeated, wins the Pac-12, but their only loss is to Georgia, and it was a big loss. Do they still yeah, but get it's, in? It's, thir it's 13 games later. And they're not in the same conference. And <laughs> what have Oregon you done for me lately? <laughs> so I mean, it's I don't see how I don't see how that's relevant. But 
The I if I could do it, if I could pick four teams to be in the, the playoff this year, uh, my four right now would be Georgia, Michigan, Georgia. I think Michigan will beat Ohio State. They're built to beat Ohio State. They're going to beat the shit out of them. Like Georgia, Michigan. I want TCU to go undefeated. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Oregon. I think is the final four right now. And I think and that, that I, I think spreads Clemson, it out. Good. Clemson's going to get beat by North Carolina if they play them. If if, yeah. if North Carolina and Clemson play in the ACC title game, and North Carolina, so here, let me ask this. Okay, if North Carolina comes out of nowhere and beats Clemson, and they're undefeated in the ACC and they win the ACC title, do they get in? North you Carolina, yeah. You got to fucking have that argument. You have to think about it. They're uh, they're fucking thirteen and one and just won the ACC. If it was Clemson, they would get in. I absolutely. So this this brand bias bullshit it has no place in college football anymore. <laughs> so I will say this: the Drake May kid at North Carolina, the quarterback they have, that fool went thirty three for forty one and five touchdowns last week. He is going to be the first pick of the draft in two years. He is fucking insane. Insane. Insane how good this kid is. All right, so let's move on here. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for everything you're doing today, obviously. The man behind the microphone and the uh, the great producer of the Savage and Average. Uh, Colorado Center for Functional Medicine brings us our NFL talk. We're going to go through this pretty quick. Uh, go over all the games. The Broncos don't play this weekend. Uh, But give it up for uh, CCFM. Make sure you follow them on social media. Matt McChesney here. And any of you that are looking to improve performance and get your health in check, reach out to our friends at the Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. Their men's health optimization plan is designed specifically for males that can identify specific health priorities, which many doctors fail to address. They use precision blood work, which looks at your hormones levels, your micronutrient levels, your insulin, and many other markers which are often overlooked. This plan can also include an advanced body composition analysis to see where your body fat, your muscle mass, your visceral fat levels are at any order to establish individual nutrition plans for every single client. Stop relying on fad diets, crazy workout programs, and bro science. Health and fitness are not the same thing. If you want true results, they can help you at CCFM. Mention the podcast Savage and Average to receive a 10% a 10% discount on every single optimization plan, as well as a free body composition analysis and nutrition consultation. Their website is www.ccfuncmed.com. That's www.ccfuncmed.com. Or call them at 303-500-3038. All right, rolling. Um, Colts at Pats, Bills at Jets. Dolphins at the Bears, Packers at the Lions, Minnesota at Washington, Carolina at Cincinnati, the Chargers at Atlanta, the Raiders at Jacksonville, the early games, all those games suck. The Bills and the Jets is the one I'll watch, but all those games pretty much suck. Um, I would do whatever you want to put on Green Bay and touchdown scores, I do, because Detroit's defense is 32nd, literally every category. Uh, the afternoon slot, Seattle, surprising Seattle at Arizona. 
the game of the weekend, in my opinion, or, or the, the next two games are the game of the weekend. The Rams at Tampa Bay and Tennessee is the nightcap at Kansas City. Uh, and then Baltimore and New Orleans are Monday night. Um, the Rams and Tampa are a playoff game uh, for the Rams. If Tampa Bay loses, they can still win the South. It's awful. And Tennessee, Kansas City, we'll see if Tennessee's real going to Arrowhead. My bets for the weekend. I'm taking the Jets plus 11 and a half at home. I'm taking the over 49 and a half Green Bay at Detroit. The over 49 and a half Chargers at Atlanta. Seattle money line at Arizona. And Tennessee's plus 11 and a half on the road at Kansas City. I'm going to take that number as well. They're pretty good on defense. So parlayed all that together, put 100 on it. We'll see how it goes. Um, if you hit that parlay, what does it pay you? It's like 10 grand. <laughs> Not bad for a hundred bucks. Nope. Um, the NFL has been really shitty. It's just been shitty. Let's be real. And the, the play has been bad. And this, I'm not going to sit here and talk about all the games. I don't care. Uh, I'm going to say this. You can't play football without callus. College football means more to these kids. The NFL is for business, and they're treating it like one instead of playing with passion and fire and actually being wanting to be there. Um, and the longer that they treat the preseason and September like the preseason, the more they're going to lose people because not only are people betting on it losing money, but everyone's got fucking eyes and shit. We can see how bad the play is. We can see how... And that's people look and how bad the coaching is. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point where I'm like, fuck, man. I don't even really want to watch Red Zone this weekend. This shit is pathetic. But then I do. It's a love-hate. God damn it. So <laughs> I just wanted to play better, dude. That's all. That's all. Just play better. Like, play better football, please. Act like you fucking know what an overfront is. Like, you're a goddamn professional. Act like it. So that, that's really my thing with the NFL right now. You know, I, I'm team Tom Brady as a divorce guy. I'm super team Tom Brady right now. I, I really hope that I hope he wins the Super Bowl and gets on stage and goes, how do you like this, bitch? What? <laughs> Just me, of course. I'm a vindictive <laughs> bastard. So um, make sure that you're watching every morning. I'm on the Coach JB show. Uh, pretty much every morning from about 8 to 9, uh, yucking it up with that psychopath, uh, and I love it. Uh, and then make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, Travis is at The Uprising. Uh, and, and anybody out there looking for financial advice or what, what Travis does with his company is incredible, so make sure you reach out to him for that as well, uh, if, I'm assume, if I say that correctly. If I didn't, then retort. Um, <laughs> and then obviously at Sixer Academy on all the different platforms here. And then uh, Monday, uh, Tuesday, Friday, right now I'm on altitude from 10 to noon uh, on Dempsey and company. I'm the fucking company. Uh, and uh, we're rocking the airwaves there as well. So really uh, huge thanks to everybody uh, today for, for everything they did. Huge thanks to Travis. And before we wrap up the show here, uh, the, this main part of just T and I talking. Uh, Travis is going to elaborate a little bit more on what we did with the three young guys. Cole LaCrue, the Broomfield quarterback, outstanding player. Uh, Washington commit, left tackle at Grandview, Zach Henning, and Oklahoma commit, 
the All-American Center down at Durango, Josh Bates, who are all three uh, proud Dungeon Family 6-0 Academy uh, football players. We're going to have more uh, high school players on later uh, in the year as well. Before signing day, we'll have Joe Capra, who's committed to Mines, and a couple other guys on with him uh, in about a month. So, T, elaborate on that a little bit and wrap it up. Yeah, so uh, this is a this is a big one, and, and I love it when we're given some exposure, guys, uh, to to guys that are uh, looking to, to to cut the path and everything. And and uh, the beautiful thing about this next segment with bringing the high school guys in is is it's pure. Uh, nothing is scripted. Nothing is you know th- these guys don't know what they're going to get asked. Um, some of it's fun, some of it's serious, and uh, but it's about just getting the pure uh, response from them so that. You know, the guys that look up to them, the guys that are right behind them on their, uh, you know, not a negative way, but on their coattails that are they're coming up behind them. Uh, they can they could see the motivation. They could see that it's right there. So um, this is going to be this next segment is going to be awesome. And I can't wait for it. So here we go. Yep. Thanks to everybody for watching. Uh, remember to log on and subscribe at YouTube um, and uh, check out everything at Six Zero Academy related. Uh, and uh, please enjoy the interviews with the uh, the three young men, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Peace. And it is my honor and pleasure to bring in three guys, uh, three members of the Dungeon family that have absolutely set the standard uh, and uh, and even raised it in some regards. Uh, three uh, seniors at the uh, the the academy down here that I'm damn proud of: uh, Zach Henning at Grandview. Uh, committed to the University of uh, Washington, the big offensive line, big left tackle for the Grandview Wolves. Uh, Josh Bates, the center down at Durango, the 3A Durango. They'd actually bat him out and just forfeited. They didn't want to play Josh, and I don't blame them. Uh, the Oklahoma commit uh, and the uh, – your, your, which All-American game are you playing in? Because my dumbass thought I was coaching you, but it's not actually happening. Which one are you playing in? It's the Adidas All-American Bowl, the NBC All-American Bowl. So he's yeah. the starting center for the Adidas uh, All-American Bowl out there uh, in San Antonio this year. So huge congrats to, to Bates there. And then uh, our, our resident pencil neck, our quarterback, uh, Cole LaCrue, uh, who is <clears throat> currently offered by Tulane, the University of Colorado, and the University of Wisconsin. And I'm sure we'll be making a decision here relatively quickly uh, going on his Official to Colorado this weekend, and then what do you set up for uh, Madison in December? Yeah, I'm gonna go to Madison in December, and then Tulane. Nice. Hopefully, no, have you set up Tulane yet? Yeah, I set it up. There'll be like back to back. Hey, look at that! So, and, and gentlemen, this is why we grind, and uh, I'm damn proud of you, and I'm glad that you took the time to uh, come talk to everybody that listens to the podcast and, and watches us on YouTube. Remember to subscribe, and you'll be seeing all of this. Also, all over social media, the boys will be reposting it. We'll go, go over their accounts uh, later in the interview, but make, make sure you follow everything at Sixer Academy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, so right off the bat here, um, like I said, thanks for doing the podcast, guys, and taking time out of your day. Henning, I even got you out of class, so congratulations. <laughs> um, Bates is on the road on the way out to Oklahoma to watch the Sooners play the Baylor Bears. Uh, and Cole is about to get picked up for his recruiting trip uh, and his official visit up in Boulder this weekend. So first and foremost, um, I want you guys to talk about your first day. Henning, go first. Uh, I remember it pretty like it was yesterday. I came in. It was a 5 a.m., of course. 
you have to start it off with a 5 a.m. And it was comp. So it was one-on-one pass rush. I was at defense at that time. I remember my first rep was at against one of my friends, Wyatt. And I went, and then I just fell over. And <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was uh, – you were yelling at me. You were like, don't fucking fall over. I was, I was scared. I was like, oh, shoot. I don't know what's going on. But I finished, and then the next rep, I fell over again. And I was like, damn. Well, <laughs> I'm in for a ride. And you were pissed. Everyone was pissing me, slowing the group down, all that. Um, and then that's, like, the main thing. We used to comp that whole day and then a little conditioning after. Uh, it wasn't too bad. But this, it was – I walked in knowing, like, I was kind of unknown. I was like, I don't really know what's going to happen. But when I walked in, saw the class rush, I was like, okay, I can do this. And then no, <laughs> but I knew I was, I was like the worst guy there, but that's what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the best guy. Um, and then I walked out like kind of, kind of good. I walked out like, like knowing, like I can learn this, I can do this and I can get better at this. So that's kind of like the whole first day kind of rundown basically. Kind of the point, right. Yeah. Kind of the point, come in, struggle. It's going to suck. But if you keep your nose to the stone, good shit happens. How about you, Cole? So our first interaction, remember, I, I wasn't even supposed to be signed up with Matt. You know, I, I my brother was signed up because he's center. And so we wanted to give him work. And remember, I just come into the room and I'm just sitting down there and letting Ty do his meeting. And you come up to me and you're like, right, so are you signing up too? I'm like, I, I wasn't planning on it. You know, I do Jenkins, you know, and that's my quarterback thing. You go, all right, I want you to draw this on the board then. 11 personnel, three by one. I want you to write uh, over front. Cover two and do all this, and I was just sitting there like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, this is not this is not my thing. I don't know what you're talking about." And uh, so then you basically grilled me for about thirty minutes, even though it was supposed to be ties me, and you just grilled me about how I should be in the room and how I should do all that. So that was my first interaction with you. And then the first time I like was in the gym with you was at five a.m. and I remember I had a beanie on, and you were just clowning me the entire time and fucking pushing my ass the whole time. And so that was the. Uh, I was, I was like, really like, God damn, like this dude's got it out for me. But then at the end of the day, I realized, you know, you were just testing me and I'm glad you did. How about you, big boy? Oh man. Well, I'm a freshman, just got done with my freshman season. And I had a good, I mean, I started as a freshman, had a good playoff run. I get off and uh, December, I think it was like my first time going in and, and my dad played with Matt. Um, he really, he, he tried to prepare me as much as he could for my first time. He's like, listen, he's like, I don't know if you know this, but he's like, this dude's a crazy motherfucker. And he's like, and he's going to whoop your ass as much as he can. Cause like, he knows like your loins and like where you come from. And um, he's like, he's going to, he's going to like target you. He's going to come after you. He's going to get the most out of you. And I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm like, whatever, you know, we'll see. So I go in <clears throat> to 6am and I remember Braden Miller was there. Um, a couple other guys were there. And we start <clears> – <throat> we do the ropes and body weight. Panhandled. Um, we just got some body weight. And, and, yeah, if, if you just – if someone sits there and watches, like – because you sat there and watched me do every single rep. And you do it. With no breaks, every single rep. I mean, it is it is terrible. And so, like, not even I'm done with the warm up, 
And after that, I like haul ass and it was at the old, it was at the old gym. And so I'm like jumping out the garage first 30 seconds, literally 30 minutes of my visit. And I was like, at that point, like you really like think you're like, shit, do I really want to do this? And we get, end up going through, and then there's pass rush and one-on-ones at the end, and Mason Maddox. Um, I was a freshman, Mason Maddox. I mean, he had – he whooped my ass the whole time. It was my first time like, doing one-on-one pass rush. Whooped my ass, that's in your ear, and he's really testing you and, like, seeing what kind of – when shit hits a fan, more like what kind of – you know, what kind of dude you are to, like, are you able to crumble or are you just going to quit, you know? Or are you going to, like, rise up and, like, fucking whoop ass and – um, that's something that's an environment I want to be in. Um, I feel like if there's not someone yelling at you and working your ass off and, you know, pushing you every single second of every single workout, you're not in the right spot. Um, so that's something I loved. And a- after my first thing, I was like, Oh, I can do this. And, and ever since then, every visit I went up every seven hour drive, you know what you're getting into and it's work. And, um, you know, that's something I love and, and that's why I'm, that's why I was with Matt. So, <laughs> so the guy, like you honor me by, by the way you talk, I love it. And all three of you came in with a goal. I remember the, the first day sitting down with all your parents and Josh, you were on the phone, you're in the distance program and driving up from Durango and Cole, you and your brother. And you're like, well, I'm a quarterback. Why do you, I don't fucking play tackle. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's bigger than just an offensive line room. And, and Henning, you coming in and the whole defensive line discussion. And then all of a sudden we're like, let's put him at left tackle, see how that goes. And then <laughs> so I, I just I, the it goes even tra- Travis's son Connor being in Michigan and all the guys that you guys are dungeon family with, everybody at six zero. I think all but two kids in the history of the entire program walked in with no offers. Everybody walked in with goals instead of offers. And, I mean, you guys are part of this tradition now. Being, you're about to sign your scholarship papers. But the, the biggest sense of pride that I have as your coach is, you know, I love watching you succeed. I love watching you win. It's fantastic. But watching you as a kid develop into a fucking man and then achieve your goal and see the way that it affects you and your family and your community and that it, it just amplifies all the great traits about you as men. Uh, and you, you get to see that payoff. That's why I do this shit guys. And I want you to know that it's the, I don't get game day. Like you guys do. I don't get to go play or coach. I have to watch. And my game day is signing day. When you sign with Washington and you sign with wherever the hell you're going and you sign with Oklahoma and it's, you know, it's just all that work, all that grind, all that shit matching my fucking ear. And he's chewing me out about this, that, or the other. I, I coach hard and the hardcore get coached, bro. And I, I, I say it all the time. You come in there as a freshman, you come in there. What, when did you start Zach? Sophomore year? Uh, Yeah. I think I was sophomore year. You come in, you come in as a junior. It's you give me the rest of the time you have in high school. You give me four years, three years, two years, and I'll give you five for free. That's the way this fucking works. So I know Travis had a couple of questions too. Uh, You you guys obviously all know Connor. He's uh, a redshirt freshman up at 
uh, Michigan right now early enrolled. Something, by the way, all three of you are going to do, and I applaud you. I applaud you, gentlemen, to take it as seriously as possible. Uh, the early enrolling part of this is a massive advantage that all three of you are going to step into. So, uh, Coach Jones, go. All right. So, uh, I want to know what your funniest moment from the gym has been. <laughs> you roasting anybody? You personally? <laughs> anything you've seen, heard? Three different stories, though, and they got to be good. Let's go. On the spot. Let's go. Chop, I think chop, I got mine. First. Zach, okay. go ahead. All right. So it was it was a 5 a.m. It was straight <laughs> conditioning, straight conditioning. It was it was probably one of the hardest ones we had. And it was like probably three quarters of the way through. And Mason Harris, he doesn't go full speed. And you yelled at him, Travis, you yelled at him, and then he contradicts you. He says, No, the fuck I did. I went full speed. And it's just a full brawl. Just yelling, screaming. And I was like, you know, I'll take it because I was exhausted. I was so tired. And you guys are just fucking screaming. And then, at, like, he was backing up. And, like, it looked like it was going to calm down. And then he just goes at it again. And it was so fucking funny. We were all laughing. And we were like, dude, you know, they can just keep going because we're just resting over here. Because <laughs> we had to do up downs when we messed up. We were running across the gym. And he's just over there screaming. He's like, I went full speed. And they're like, hey, we got the film. And you guys are watching it. He's like, that's full speed. And you guys are like, no, the fuck it's not. It was fucking hilarious. And I, after the session, I was, I was talking to him. And he was like, he was set. He was like, yeah, that was fucking full speed. And I was like, dude, it kind of wasn't. But <laughs> it was, it was so funny. This. I will say this. <clears throat> Our podcast is explicit. All your mothers are going to watch this. And everyone hates that I talk to you like, man, and now you're cursing. And I love it. I'm so happy. Because this is how dudes talk, bro. This is a locker room show. This, If you can't handle man talk, next podcast, thank you. But I remember that morning, Henning. I remember Mason looked at me and he's like, I'm running full speed. And I was like, dog, you're running full speed then you're going to play at, like, a D6 school. Like, we got to go. <laughs> How about you, Cole? Um, I'm trying to think, you know. There hasn't been really any, like, sp specific funny no moments. Funny some of your Cole. Some of your, some of your training, some of your training stuff that you did has me laughing. I remember one day we're in your room. We're in the, you know, the little, little training room. We're in the – we're on the turf. And you get a broom. And you just get a broom, and we're fucking waving it back and forth. You're trying to work us, like, going through windows. And I remember I drilled it, and I broke it in half. And yep. you're just sitting there with the broom, and you just go grab some duct tape. And you said, all right, looks like we got to do this shit. Duct tape, it, it's, like, cricket now. It's not even straight. It's just cricket like this. And we're still waving it. And I think either me or Capper, I think we drilled it again. And then you just say, fuck it. Get the broom out of here. And just start waving our hands up and forth. So <laughs> that was that was a good moment with you. And then there's just been some times where you blow up on kids, and I just die laughing because it's totally deserved. And it, there's something totally you deserved. say that I laugh. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm not just yelling at them. Most of the time, when I'm ridiculing a kid, it's because they can't count to 34, or <laughs> they can't run in a straight line, or they don't know how to use GoPro. <laughs> Well, I think there's one. Why day can't we... any of you guys use fucking Velcro? <laughs> I don't know. What is the problem with Velcro and you guys? 
<laughs> I don't get it either. I'm dumbfounded. This is, it's just like the mystery of the world. It's like, okay, if you want to make it onto the secret islands, figure out Velcro. None of we you are going to suck I, I think velcro was like a late 80s early 90s thing it's beyond them bro they're like what the fuck is a vhs tape Joe? what are you talking about <laughs> how about Thanks. you mate um i think you know that if you walk in front of the camera when there's any sort of filming so the thing Everyone Goddamn panhandle. Matt posted that, yeah, you can't walk in front of the camera. And every time someone does, it's stop walking in front of the camera, dick. And that's the whole <laughs> thing. Like, that's every single time someone walks in front of the camera, you get yelled at. And so every time, like a new guy, because it's always the new guys, they walk <laughs> in front of the camera, and then Matt just has a heyday and just goes off on them. And it's great. I, like, every time it, like, cheers me up. And I'm like... You know, this shit ain't so bad. Like, this is great. At least got to laugh. You got to laugh. Yeah. You got to laugh at people sometimes. I've gotten, I've gotten parents. I've gotten a coach once. Like, just they're walking. I'm like, hey, quit walking in front of the camera, dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a mom will be in there filming her got kid. Got a mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt just screams at her. Oh, that's so awesome, bro. <laughs> All right. Now, serious time. Be fucking serious. <clears throat> Third question from the big guy. Not to keep you guys too long, but Henning, this is awesome, man. I mean, shit. What were you in history class, chemistry? Um, I'm a science. senior about to sign and leave class. That's what. Yeah, time. yeah. I was <laughs> not concentrated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> why did you pick where you're going? I mean, if Zach, you had how 15, 20 offers. Right. Yeah. About. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Cole, you. I mean, Cole, you just blew up. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. All the work you put in to get to this point, and the, you know, the the, the panic and the strive, and the it sucks. Right. It's a bad yeah. situation. And then Bates, why why Oklahoma when it came down to the nit and gritty and all the opportunities you had. So let's go, uh, Cole first. What do you want me to talk about? Just like I want you to process? talk about. You've got look. You've got the three offers, right? You yes, got sir. these opportunities. You're going on these recruiting trips. Before you hear them talk about why they picked where they're going, I want you to talk about what you're looking for out of these recruiting trips. And like, you went two weeks ago, bro. We were sitting in my film room at the gym. It was you and I sitting there three weeks, however fucking long it was, and we were talking about why don't they see the potential? Why don't they see the talent? You know, are they gonna are they gonna overlook me? Should I commit to Central Michigan right now? What do we do? Yeah. And I told you, trust the process and keep working, and something good's gonna happen. And boom, 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 three bombs went off. So, talk about what you're looking for, bro. As as a quarterback, it's extremely important that it's a good fit. Yeah. So you know, obviously, I gotta have a good connection with the OC. I think that's something that we we don't see very often, man. Nowadays, you know. I feel like if an OC and a QB aren't on the same page, your just offense isn't going to run fluently. You're not going to see good production on the offense side of the ball. Um, because let's be honest, the offense is the general of the field. You know, he's going to do his thing. He's going to try and get everyone in the right spots because he has to know what everyone's doing on every single play. He's got to know what the line's doing. He's got to know what the receivers are running. He's got to know where the uh, pressure's coming from, the defense, what defense they're running. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So if you don't have a good OC-QB relationship, you know, that's obviously not going to help you out. And I, you know, for me – 
personally, I, I want to play in a big environment. You know, I want to play in an environment that I know loves the loves the team, loves the community. And, you know, that it has to do with the fan base, man. I feel like I should play better when I have a huge, huge turnout of fans there. I feel like I have a huge um, community around behind me. You know, it, it kind of elevates my game, you know, because I, I feel like my, my blood's, uh, you know, pumping and I'm ready to go. So the big games, you know, I feel like is when I play my best. And, you know, I'll, I'll, at the end of the day, you know, it's, we're going to be going to be a student athlete. So it's got to fit, um, you know, business-wise and all that. Um, but, <laughs> you know, we got to – you just it's got to be a good fit everywhere. So, you know, for me – what I'm looking for is, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta find a place that truly feels like home. You know, I'm, I'm going to go visit these places and see, okay, where does my heart take me? So, you know, that's really what I'm looking for. And I'm also looking for an offensive system that fits me, fits my play style. You know, I'm not your typical stay in the pocket seven on seven guy. You know, I'm a guy that's going to make plays happen with my feet, going to make plays happen off script. So, you know, if coaches allow me to, you know, keep getting polished and, you know, keep being me, you know, that's a great fit for me. I, I tell the coaches all the time, and I've never told you this, but I every damn coach I talk to, I say, he's like a fucking middle linebacker playing quarterback with an arm like Elway. So you can either play him or recruit him. I can pick one. Um, so, okay, let's go to Bates. Why the Oklahoma Sooners, Josh Bates? Um, with me, I think the main thing I was looking for is just like the, the pride, the tradition, and like the hist like the his like a historical program. So like I'm looking at like how dominant have they been over the last you know 20 years. And if you look at Oklahoma, I mean I picked between it was Oklahoma, Miami, Oregon. It's kind of like what I was looking at. And I'm looking at the last 20 years, and I mean Oklahoma's been dominant forever. I don't think there's been a point really in Oklahoma football where someone's like really worried and they're like like a two-year like no bowl games like it's never happened with Oklahoma that was the first thing is just looking at it and the history of it because you know history will repeat itself I mean if there, if there are 20 years of just dominance when I'm done playing and when I want to go watch a game at, at Memorial Stadium you know it's they're still going to be dominant and that's what I was looking for and um, besides that when I committed I committed as a sophomore and I mean, Lincoln, DeMarco Murray, all the coaches that were there, that's, some of them are still there. Um, I mean, they're the best in the game. I mean, Beanbow is one of the highest paid, you know, one of the best, most yeah, and, and you know, well, I, I well love, down. I love Coach B, coaches. bro. Coach B, Bates, Coach B is going to turn you into a goddamn pro, and you know that. That's why you're going there. I absolutely love that man. I think he's one of the best college football coaches in the game. Um, he he gets the most out of his guys. And I look, I know you're a huge Creed, Humph Creed Humphrey fan and all the guys that came before them. But if you look back over the last 20 years, like you said, damn near every center that's played at Oklahoma has their vest in the NFL. So I know that's the next step for you. So I just all I have to say, don't let that sugar rot your teeth, big boy. And you know, I know it won't. <laughs> I'll tell you this, the SEC better get their fucking mind right because there's a there's a bad, nasty son of a bitch going to play center in Norman, and his name's Josh Bates. So yes, how sir. about you, big man? How, why why Seattle? Uh, why, uh, why Washington? Why the Huskies? So for me, it really started out with the area. That was a big thing for me because I'm not just going to play football. Like, I got to live there, too, for four or five years. Like, I got to really like an environment that I want to live in. So I, first, I wanted to live in a big city, and Seattle's probably one big city. So it's huge. 
Um, and then it came down to atmosphere, like the fans getting involved with players. Like if they really love the program and go to the games, fill out the stadium, cheer them on, just all that. Cause then I want to play and it's just more excitement I get for the game that I already have. And then coach as well. Um, Coach Scott Huff, he's I love the guy. Um, he was a big reason why I commit. He was the only coach that stayed after that big. They fired every other coach last year other than him, which I think is a huge speaking to him as a person and just everything like that. And, like, he produces NFL talent, and obviously that's the next level for me. Um, and he just translates college to NFL and the technique, and it just all correlates. And that was a big thing for me. And just like the overall culture of the team, because I've gone through two head coaches when I'm in high school, and there's a big difference between my first one. I wasn't excited to go to practice. He just wasn't a great coach. But my second one, he makes everything better. And just the players, when I went to practice, when I went to my official, I saw them practice. And just that bond with one another really spoke to me. Like, it represented, like, how they're going to play. And obviously, it's correlated. They're doing very well right now. Um, and it was just huge for me. It just really spoke to me and it just felt right. And it just ended up feeling like home. I love it, man. That's why we do the shits. Why, why I always write why we grind when something good happens, because it's true. It's, I try and, and take the atmosphere that I was in with your dad at CU back in the day, which it hasn't been what it is. Like, like it hasn't been what it was, I should say. And that that's the atmosphere I had. I had the same head coach and the same position coach for five years at CU. We were constantly in championship games. We sold out every game. We were always winning big games. That's why you go to play college football. And I, I, I respect the fact that you guys all make decisions as men. You come in as, as kids with goals and you leave as men with aspirations and you know you have the foundation and the framework to get there um talk about the really my last question here and then travis is gonna end the interview but i want you guys to talk about especially bates and henning and cole i want you to go the mental route more but bates and zach i want you two to talk about quickly you know take take your time but uh talk about the technique work and the difference and how much you've learned both about defense and your barnyard of the, the offensive line, because I personally think both of you said NFL when we were talking. I think you're a draft pick if you do things right, Oklahoma, and I think you're a draft pick if you do things right, Washington. And and I know you guys watch every week. You watch Trey Zoon starting as a redshirt freshman at AM, and you watch Austin and Jake – and Casey up in Boulder starting every week and kicking ass. And you watch Drake Nugent on the Remington Award list as the best center in America at Stanford. And you you watch, you know, you watch the boys up in Michigan going to the fucking college football playoff. And, you know, you, you see the success in the room, all the draft picks from Reisner and Sam Jones and Billy Turner and McGovern and your boy Ryan Jensen Bates and all those guys. You guys walk in there every day and you see – the jerseys and the success, and I know damn well you won it. So how do you think the, the little dash of madness that I've thrown in there and all that technique work, all that coaching, how much did you think it really helped you uh, become the players you are? Uh, I can go first. Um, so it was like – it was a huge step 
because when I stepped in and I saw the way you were coaching and the technique you were teaching and just everything about it, it was just a huge step for me. I was like, cause it's almost like a different way you're looking at it. And I play both defense and offense. So I know both sides very well. And especially offense, it was just like, it's the little details that you were focusing on. It's not just like the big picture. It was little details like being on your insteps, hands placement, hand strike, where your head's at, where you look at, all that different type of stuff. It really comes down to, but then you make it simple. It, it's like you don't make it all complex. It really comes down to just making it simple with like complex things, making it simple. So then you're coaching it and then it correlates. I mean, it obviously does, as you just named Bill Turner, Ryan Jensen, all those players. I mean, it works. It works. And I, I believe that. And that's why if you believe it and you believe in the technique, you take the coaching, you will succeed. You will succeed. And it's proven. It is proven that you will succeed. And it continues to prove itself. So it's just a big step. And now going to my high school, I know so much more than everyone else. Now, obviously, there's still Wyatt and all them that obviously know the same. And when I go compete against other guys, now going into the playoffs, it's just such a big advantage and it almost makes it too easy. I mean, <laughs> it makes it so much easier and it makes the game so much more simple. And I understand where the blitz is coming, where all that stuff. And still with the mental understanding the formations, what they're trying to do in that formation, different personnel, nickel, base, all that type of stuff, different linebackers on the field, NASCAR, all that different type of stuff. It really just correlates so well. And when you really believe in it, it, it works. Straight up. Kick ass. Bates? Yeah, so, with, you know, with me, the, the technique, um, I mean, there's a couple of things. I'll talk about two things. The technique, for one, um, I made major jumps from my freshman, end of my freshman year um, to now. I mean, just going, I only went, I mean, I mean, you guys, you know, you guys live in Denver. You're two hours probably, you know, maybe even closer um, from that. You know, I'm seven. You know, so me driving up every, you know, once or, you know, two months, I'm trying to get as much technique, as much film, and as much, you know, tools as I need while I'm up there and get as much as I can so I can come back, perfect it, you know, and just continue to work. Now, my every time I went to Matt's, you know, I had, you know, three hours a day, and I learned more technique, more about film you know, more about really the mindset and how to play the game um, from Matt with going up there probably like 10 times over my high school career. I learned more from those 10 times than I, I would have ever learned just playing high school football, you know, and just playing with my coaches and, and, and the, all the technique stuff, you know, between like the offhand, um, the difference between, a, you know, vertical, you know, and maybe a flatter set at center, it's huge. And all the technique that he's taught me and all the, you know, the double team techniques and, um, it really has helped, you know, the hand placement. And I could go on and on with the technique. Now, the film room is where, you know, definitely obviously gets different. Knowing how to call protection, right? Knowing the difference between an over, you know, even front and odd front, um, especially playing center, it's huge. And um, it's just, you know, a really big thing for me. Um, and I'm very, you know, very grateful for it, being able to have the opportunity to come up and, and at a 3A school you know, learn the technique from a guy, you know, who, who played in the pros. And that's something that you can get advantage of as quick as you can, you know, and that was awesome. And then obviously playing at the 5A, 4A level, competing with kids, working with kids, it helped me a bunch. And, 
and the atmosphere and the mindset towards, um, you know, being a six zero savage, it's, it's, it's something that will help you um, through football um, in your career. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about technique, a lot about, you know, film. Um, but I think more of the mindset and the attitude you need, because if you can get the mindset and the attitude, um, that's going to carry you a long, long way. And um, that's kind of how I think of it. And technique and the film helps, but the, the standard that Matt puts out and, and he defends his standard and, and the way it should be done. And that's something that, you know, I respect and that's something that I go after and that's what I do. And um, that's more of what I learned, you know, with the, all the football stuff, but more of, you know, just the mindset is huge for me. So, so I, before Cole goes, I will say this. One thing that both of you, and Travis's son Connor gravitated into this really, really fast. And there's certain offensive and defensive linemen, especially the trench guys, that really hear me when I say, You can be as nasty as you want to be. I want you, you've got a person. Remember how many times I've said to you, You get a personal foul a game, in my opinion. I want you to go do some shit where they are questioning how you're playing. I want you to go be the nastiest guy on the field. And both of you grab it. I mean, Henning, you are finishing everything you do. People don't want to play against you. And Josh, uh, since day one, when I taught you that offhand, you've been absolutely annihilating everybody you play against. Uh, you, bro, you DDT'd some kid off the floor so hard he quit. Fucking kid just was like, fuck this. I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go. Bates is going to eat me. I'm out of here. How about you, Cole? Talk about the uh, talk about the the mental rigors I put the quarterbacks, especially through, uh, as 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 we wrap this up. Yeah. So you know, my first day, like I told you, you know, I didn't know anything about playing quarterback. Um, didn't know the defensive stuff, didn't know term terminology and all that stuff. Because you know, to be honest with you, this is my only fourth year playing quarterback. So you know, my whole life I, I grew up just playing an athlete. So. Once you sat me down and we just started to go over film, you know, it, it really helped me be able to make the game of football so much easier, I feel. You know, I remember the first day you taught me just what everything we were going through, base, nickel, dime, what uh, cloud coverage is, all this stuff, and just some little details that not many guys can pick up on. And now taking to the field and realizing, okay, high school football is pretty easy when you do it like this. And realizing that some defensive coordinators, you know, they don't do a lot of things great, so you're going to take advantage of that. So I think with you, the best thing for you that you've ever done for me is basically make me smart, is how I put it. You made me such a smarter guy. And I think what Matt does for the entire 6 year Academy is it's not only just a place where you're going to go work on technique. It's a place where you're going to learn the game of football and how it's supposed to be played. And so with you, you know, you taught me um, pass protection as well. You know, you taught me uh, different kind of um, stuff that the running back sees, you know, when they dual read, all this stuff that I would have never knew if I didn't come to you, man. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very appreciative towards you. But, you know, and and I'm now going to jump on the technique because I played against Bates and Pueblo. We played against each other at CC Pueblo. And Bates was having our linemen freak their pants like he was, you know, they were shitting their pants playing against Bates. And so me just being on the defense yeah, side, yeah. me being on the offense <laughs> side and, ba and knowing that Bates knows what he's doing, you know, it, it it's it was good competition, man. And I love that, you know, you, we both had a chance to play against each other. And, you know, without, I think, your coach, and I don't think we're in the place that we're at today. So, before, I'm going to shut up now, and Travis has got the last question, but um, I will say this. All three of you, and there's others. I mean, we're going to do another roundtable in about a month with three more players, and 
uh, you know, it's going to be Capra and two, uh, two, two other, you know, prominent guys. St. Aubin's committed to Yale. Capra's committed to Mines. You're all Colorado kids. How bad is this state overlooked, boys? Before I give it to Travis, that was my last question. Like, I want as the players, okay? You can talk about the in-state schools if you want. I don't care. I'm not – there's no – this is the most honest show you're ever going to be on. You know me. You know how I roll. I don't pull any punches with the coaches. I got the CSU offensive line coach blocking me and shit because he doesn't like the way that I call him out about recruiting the kids. All right, just think about that. He's not – they can't block a soul up in Fort Collins, but he can block me on Twitter. Good offensive line coach, right? <laughs> I got that one in, bitch. <laughs> but just, just talk about talk about like talk about what you've seen, the amount of talent in the room and the state, and just how bad like the coaches overlook this state, in your opinion, as the players. Yeah. So you know, the the first thing I'm gonna notice is like even when I talk to coaches, they call our state a flyover state, you know, and they're they already addressed it right away, you know, and they're like, how do we not find you earlier? Um, I remember I was on the phone with a coach or one of my coaches on the phone, Wisconsin, they're like, how do we not find this guy so- sooner? And so in my eyes, I think people are just still undermining the state of Colorado because of the state of our college football teams, you know, CU's one in six, I think one in seven, I think CSU, CSU is the same record. You know, when our, when right now our best teams in the state is probably mines and that's a D two, you know, it's not a good look for, you know, kids that, you know, have D1 talent because, you know, I walk into the room every day and, you know, we got Bates and Henning that are, you know, studs, but we have a ton more guys that are studs and that are just getting overlooked. And it's, uh, you know, it's disappointing right now, but, you know, I, hopefully us three can, you know, put the Colorado back on the map, I think, you know, and I think there's a ton of other guys that can as well. So I think it's all just going to come down to, you know, how we perform in college, but I have no doubt that we're going to prove that Colorado's a state that people need to take serious now. That. Yeah, so I was going to bounce on um, when coaches came to recruit me out of state, like they were coming from Washington, all those different places that were recruiting me. They were saying how much of a gold mine it is, especially for offensive linemen, and that's solely because of you. Um, and obviously, Thanks, skill guys, Cole, Cap, all of them players. But he was just saying how much of a gold mine it is in Colorado and how much it's overlooked. And this is a coach from out of state saying this, not even in state saying this. And I think it really does come down to what Cole said was like when the college teams in the state aren't doing so well, it's almost like that reflects on the high school programs and the high school players. And it's like, oh, no, they're, they're just trash because the teams are trash. But it's totally the opposite because there's so many dudes that can play here. There's so many that on defense, offense, wide receiver, running back, fullback, all tight end, all those players. And it's just – it's. I don't, I don't get how they can just look at our state and just not recruit us. I don't get, I don't get it. And because you got Connor Jones who went to uh, Michigan, you got Braden Miller who went to Michigan state. There's obviously players that, and you used to lose them to other, other programs and you don't take them to your programs. And I'm like, there's so many guys you could have at your team right now that would make such a big difference, but then you just let them go into other States. And it's, it's sad, but it's the way it is. I mean, it's what it is. It is what yeah. it is. It's the game of recruiting. How about you, JB? Um, yeah, I'd say. I mean, the biggest thing with me is is the. I feel like Colorado football, at the high school level and at the collegiate level, it's been soft. Um, just the mindset and the 
and the and the tough no and the way football should be played at, at the high school level specifically, it's not respected by other states. I mean, you got. I mean, you look at the recruiting powerhouses in the the states with the with the most offers in those states. You look at Texas. You look at Florida. You look at California. Those do those high school programs take that shit seriously. Yes, and every day they wake up and that high school football program is ran at the toppest notch. It's like the best notch. It is ran like the best way a high school football program should be ran. And at Colorado, I mean, in Colorado, you don't see that, right? You don't see the really, you don't see the really nice facilities. You don't see people really in high school football in Colorado caring about their high school football programs. And a lot of that, you know, if, if it's soft and it's not, you know, it's not a dedicated thing in Colorado it's gonna it will never be a big you know recruit state and I think the biggest thing is and obviously with with Colorado I've I mean I have a lot of stuff I could talk on about Colorado and my visit there and you know and and I'll I'll keep it real with you is I mean it was horseshit like it's why he's fired bro he's if if you get if you if we set up I'll just do it so you don't have to say it if we set up a meeting with the head coach of the University of Colorado after the head coach at Oklahoma goes to USC and there's that one inkling in your head where you're like, my dad played here. I'm going to go listen to what they have to say. I'm going to go talk to the head coach again. And I set it up and you drive seven motherfucking hours to Boulder and then seven motherfucking hours back to Durango and you get there and you and I work out Friday and bust our ass, and you stay in a hotel with your pops, and you wake up Saturday morning and come back in at 6 a.m., and we bust our ass till 10.30, and you jump in the car, and you drive to Boulder, and you get there on time, and you get a fucking phone call when you get in the room that he's stuck on an airport in California, and he can't come see you, yet they scheduled the meeting. That's what a horseshit opportunity sounds like. That's why he's not the head coach there anymore, and he shouldn't be and shouldn't have been. And when you disrespect somebody's son who played at the university, and then you disrespect a four-star center who's an All-American going to the University of fucking Oklahoma, and you stand him up, it reflects poorly on your goddamn program, period. And anybody that doesn't like the way I just said that, come see me. 9645 Townsville. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely, that's something, you know, it's, that's the way I've always seen it is if you don't take it seriously and you don't make an effort um, to, you know, to come recruit these kids. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be rough, especially in state. And that's why all these other, these, these programs that are smart, the programs like Wisconsin, the programs like Washington, the programs like you know, Oklahoma, they come to you, Matt, and they ask you, who are your top dudes? I guarantee you that's what every call goes like. They're who are your top dudes? They yep. follow you on every Twitter. Every single one. They get in contact with you and they take it seriously. You know, and, and that's something they, they come to, they come to guys that take it seriously and they know that that what you put out and the guys that you the guys that you have, Matt, they're they're high caliber dudes and they're not gonna they're not gonna flake, they're not gonna be like everyone else in Colorado and all the other players in Colorado. They're gonna take it seriously because because that's the tradition that that Matt has, you know, that's that's what's been put through Colorado, specifically with offensive line. I mean, I would say I'd say Colorado's, I think, is an offensive line powerhouse of a state. Absolutely. I think the, dude, the, dudes you, the dudes you put out, I mean, between Connor, between me, between Braden Miller, Trey Zoon, all those dudes, and the dudes that are in the league now, I mean, you can't look at Colorado and be like, yeah, it's, 
it's a flyover state for offensive line. And all the smart schools, they're going to come into your backyard. They're going to trespass on CU, and they're going to steal all the kids like Zach, like Cole, like me, you know, like even Wyatt. <laughs> you know, Wyatt Walt, even Wyatt. Uh, can you believe that? Can you believe yeah, I mean, Wyatt Walters isn't a power five yeah, lineman? I don't understand it. And me and Wyatt went in at the same time. And, and like the, the growth we've both had just from training at Nats is, is, is huge. And, and it's something that a good, a good program, they're going to find it because they're going to come to Matt and they're going to ask. And that's well, how well, guess, guess who? And that's guess how who Wyatt a PWO. Wyoming, right? Exactly. Yeah. Wyoming's like, yeah. well, shit, if they're not going to do anything with this, we're at least going to offer him a PWO. And my response to them was, you should offer this kid. He's a fucking animal. And, and Zach knows he plays the other tackle on, on the same line he does. Yeah. You've also you've also got a 6'8 tight end named Simon Kibbe. Exactly. CSU haven't even offered Air Force offered him. I don't know how you're going to get his big ass in a fucking jet, but the Air Force offered him. <laughs> Look, that's one thing I will say. We're talking about Colorado before I let Travis end this. Yes, Colorado and Colorado State have neglected the state. They don't. I didn't think that they did things the right way. I will say, Coach Sanford, I will tip my cap to him right now because that man is super aggressive and he's he's running with the opportunity he has in front of him and he's offered a bunch of guys. And it's a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. That said, if you don't, honor your state you're not going to win here so they need to build a fucking a big wall around colorado and not let guys like you leave that's how you build consistency and build a winner with the in-state kids here period um now all that said you guys made the right decision oklahoma and washington you, you did that that's that's where your heart says you should go and everybody has to understand out here listening and anybody watching this don't get it misconstrued I believe black and gold. That's where I played, and I love that place. But I love y'all more, and I want you to be successful, and I want you to play where you want to play. And, it, I mean, it, the sense of pride I have every Saturday when I sit here and watch games and every single channel has one of my guys starting, it's, it's fucking insane. So uh, I'm going to shut up now. I'm so glad you guys did the show. Um, Travis has got the last question, and then uh, we'll wrap this bitch up. All right, guys, uh, super proud of you guys and on the paths you guys are going, man. Um, I've watched all three of you uh, individually and uh, just want to say super proud. Um, and Cole, I'm excited to see where your decision is going to lie. And, and no matter what, they're going to get an awesome guy um, that's going to come in and, you know, and, and change their program and, and lead it in the right way. So I've been on this end as a, as a dad, as a parent. Um, but I, we want to hear from the actual player. So let's think about the first offer that you got, right? And, and wind it back a little bit to the call that Matt gives you. And he says, hey, this is going down. Talk to me about that. I'll start. Um, I got, I mean, I got, it was like sophomore year, end of my sophomore year. Uh, I'm working out, I'm in the gym. And the O-line coach at the time DM'd me on Twitter. He said, give me a call. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's time. Like, here we go. Like, let's go, man. And I knew it. I called him. They offered me um, immediately. I, I, I mean, Matt, uh, it's almost like Matt knew before I knew. I, I think, did. Like, you yeah, you knew before I knew. And so I have Matt texting me before he calls me, like, 
give me a call when you can. Like, LFG, let's go. Like, all this stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? And I call, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I call Matt. And, for, you know, he's like, damn proud of you. Like, everything, you know, everything and everything you worked for, all the seven-hour trips, um, it all pays off. And, and, it, and it always continued to pay off. And I never stopped doing it. I always kept working. And it's something, you know, with Matt that, you know, our relationship's grown over it. We've worked hard and put in the work and it's gotten me I wanted to be. You know, that's something we talked about on the phone and, and he always ended it. He's like, don't let the sugar out your teeth after every single offer. I mean, I got, I got the, you know, the Miami, the Oregon offer, you know, and then I ended up getting Oklahoma and, you know, he's always like, don't let the sugar out your teeth, keep working, stay hungry. And, and I'm still, I've still got goals. I still got, you know, the shit I want to work for and, and shit I can achieve. And, and you, you don't let the sugar rot your teeth and you don't stay complacent. You're always hungry. And that's something, you know, Matt, after that call, you know, he's always like, well, he's like, keep your phone ready. Cause there's going to be five more, <laughs> you know? And he's like, there will be five more. Don't, don't put your phone on silent. Keep the DMS open and get ready for this shit. He's like, it's going to blow up for you. And it did. And um, a really great call and uh, something I, yeah, I'll remember the rest of my football career. It's, it's awesome. So, And hey, you're, you're headed out to Norman this weekend to watch Oklahoma play. Make sure you take care of our baby. Breck, Breck is going yeah. out there this weekend. Yep. And see, you just yep. offered the big freshman last night. So all this, yep. like, I didn't think freshman could get offered. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Zach? So for me, it was it was in the summer. Uh, I, w- I went to a, a camp at the school, and then I had I did pretty well at the camp. Um, I was drive. I drove up with my dad. Drove back. Um, we were talking about. We were like, "Hey, yeah, you did pretty well. I did pretty well." Um, I, I wasn't expecting like too much. I was like, "Okay, I'll do. I did well. I'll just get better from it." And then about I think it was two days later, I the offensive line coach. He, he DMs me too. He says, give me a call. I, I gave him a call. I didn't, I didn't think much of it. I was like, all right, he's just going to catch up from the camp. <laughs> and the next thing I know, he says I'm off it. And I was, I literally was speechless. I couldn't, I couldn't speak. And I didn't believe it. I was like, there's no way. Cause I was dreaming of this, that moment. And it was such a special moment. So then right after the call, I run down to my dad and my mom. And I tell them what happened, and, and they couldn't be proud of it. I couldn't. I we were. It was that night was just so special, and it, it was so everyone was so happy. And then I call Matt, and I tell him, and he's oh, he was just screaming in the phone. He was like, "Yeah, let's go, man!" <laughs> it was so <laughs> fun. <laughs> it was back to what Bates said about the the sugar rot your teeth. After he was screaming, super excited, he was like, "But don't let the sugar rot your teeth." I was like, "I got you." Don't worry. <laughs> and it was it was just a special. I mean, the whole thing. You'll never forget it. No matter where it comes from, you'll never forget your first one. And I I remember it so well. It's it's just such a special thing because how much I worked for it, and then I achieved it. And now, I mean, I've set new goals. I mean, the goals just keep coming. I've set new ones, and now we got to move on. But it's just sometimes I think back to it, and it's just I remember it and everything. It's just a special day. Uh, you, you guys are going to make me fucking cry over here. How about you, Cole? <laughs> um, so my, my first one came from Central, but that, that wasn't my most memorable one. I was just uh, – that one, they were just in the office, Coach McElwain, he gave me it, and 
man, I was expecting. So I was very, I, I, I broke down. I, I cried. I was with my uncle because, you know, it was, it was my dad. But the most memorable I had was about a week and a half ago. Uh, it was Thursday, Thursday before Heritage. And, you know, I get a call from Coach Sanford. I'm having team dinner. And, uh, you know, from that point on, you know, they said that the guy needed to leave the room for me to, you know, be a part of that, be a part of that room. And so I get a call from Coach Sanford and, you know, we're just talking and he goes, man, to be honest with you, your life's about to change. I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he goes, you just got off by Steve, man. How's that feel? So immediately afterwards, man, I, I just, I let out all my, you know, emotions, man. I said, fuck yeah, about fucking time. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just letting it all out. Like in front of Coach and he's, he's with his wife. And so I'm sitting there like, oh, God, I'm like, I'm sorry about that. You know, that's not how I normally talk. And I was just – I was super pumped because, you know, Matt, the first day that I came to you, I said I wanted to go be a buff. You know, yep. I, that was that was my goal. I wanted to be a CU buff. And so I, I remember calling you afterwards, and you just told me how proud you were and how the work was finally paying off because, you know, up to that point, you know, I probably – like we said before I joined, I'm Captain Panic. That's my nickname with you. Um, it's my superhero nickname because, I, I, you know, I, I still had three D1 offers, but to me, they weren't my D1 offers, you know, and I was panicking with you. I'm like, okay, what's going on? What do I need to do more? What, what's this? What's that? When can I come in? What are they saying about me? And I was, I've been freaking out for weeks. So when that CU1 came, you just said, is it good to finally breathe? And I was like, God damn, it feels good to breathe. And so with that, you know, it was, it was really memorable. And then, you know, Tulane and Wisconsin came two days after, and I just remember the yeah, and I just remember the conversations I had with them and how great it felt that, you know, people are finally taking notice on my talent and taking notice on the hard work I put in because, I mean, if you wait till week 10 of your senior year to get your first Power 5 offer, it is it is That's really rough. worrying. And it is it, – it's I mean, it was scary. But, you know, I'm glad that finally in this position that I always knew I'd be in. And, man, I'm just super thankful to be in the spot. Well, boys, I'm uh... – I'm blown away by by just the the last 30 minutes here. This has been special. Um, I love you guys, man. I'm so fucking proud of you. And and hey, don't let that motherfucking sugar ride. <laughs> All right, yeah, hey, yeah. you go enjoy go enjoy your weekend and uh, have fun in Norman, big man. Uh, Cole, have fun on your official visit. I'm sure you'll have no fun whatsoever. I will see you Saturday up in Boulder. And uh, Henning, enjoy your bye week. Uh, that's much deserved. That was a great win last week against number one. Uh, yes, Jerry sir. Yeah. <laughs> and then, hey, go win the 5A title, go win the 4A title, and go win the 3A title, boys. I'm damn proud of you. Love you guys.